Welcome to the Mark Lesko Podcast. Covering the sports and fitness world. All right, Austin, we are back for another episode of the Mark and Austin show. Austin, welcome back. Uh, great to be back, Mark. Always appreciate the opportunity. Yep. Good to have you back, man. Uh, first and foremost, I want to do a shout out to a friend of the show, Greg Garrity. Just found out that he's expecting uh, with his wife. Uh, so congrats to you, Greg. Um, they don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, but I did see Sean Fitz on Twitter. He did say that if it is a boy, uh, he's crystal balling him to Penn State, class of 2040. So, you know, we get another Greg, another Garrity on the sideline there at Penn State. You know, every, no one will have a problem with that. That's for sure. Lock it up. You send, you send that to the bank now, confirm. <laughs> yep, Greg, congrats, man. Good to hear. Um, Austin had a uh, another tough weekend with uh, Michigan. Uh, ultimately lost the game and it, I'm just going to give my thoughts and then hand it over to Austin. Uh, before that though, I should mention that we will be posting a, uh, interview with, uh, Dante Brown, former Penn state, uh, linebacker, uh, played for uh, Joe Paterno played from 04 to 08, did a uh, nice interview with him. Uh, just spoke about his days at Penn State, uh, some of the games that he was involved in, and we just we talked football. It was just three guys talking football. It was a it was a good interview. It's good to have him on. Uh, Dante's a real good guy, and uh, you know we hope to have him on again. So look out for that on the uh, on the two platforms that uh, are mainly listened on uh, iTunes and uh, well Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify. But uh, yeah, Austin. Like I said, I wasn't on social media too much this week. I wasn't on Twitter too much this week, but I was on there enough to, you know, see the typical, um, you know, fire Franklin. Franklin sucks. You know, he needs to he needs to go and, you know, Franklin needs to go to USC. And here's the thing, everybody. Here's the thing about the program right now. If you think it's a coaching issue and you think Franklin needs to go, Franklin needs to be fired, you could not be more wrong because not only is he is firing him not the answer, but we have good coaches. This offensive coordinator, I think at some point, is going to be a head coach somewhere. We have the staff, okay? We have the staff. We have the head coach. Franklin is the epitome of everything that you want in a head coach. Besides, and I'll, I'll give him this, just play calling, you know, just head coaching ability during a game. Just he's not he's not the best with just head coach. Play calling game management sometimes. OK, that's definitely an issue. But what his strengths are vastly outweigh what his weaknesses are. OK, Franklin is the epitome of everything you wanted to coach. He's a good recruiter. He's a good recruiter of coaches. He's a good organizer. He's basically running a Fortune 500 company right now. He's the CEO. Okay. You want a guy like Franklin running your program, 
being in charge. And like we've said, Austin and I, we've talked about with Dante and Greg Garrity. He needs more money. Okay. And it's not his fault. All right. Yes. There are some questionable calls. Of course that happens in any game. If you're a football fan, you know that, but to say that it's Franklin's fault, he needs to be fired. That's just that you're just wrong. The, the issue is it's the personnel. Okay. And I'm not just dumping everything on the players. I'm not, we have great players, but it's the personnel. Okay. Just it's mainly the offense. We don't have much of a running game. Okay. The guys just aren't executing. And yes, like I said, there are plays that put them in tough spots that you kind of leave, kind of leaves you scratching your head. But like I said, it's not the coaching. It's the personnel. Okay. The personnel will get there. I think over the next couple of years, we're going to have some good guys coming in like we've talked about. And at the end of the day, I've told several people this that I know personally that don't like Franklin. The coaches can't play for the players. You know, they can they can only do so much. In fact, I kind of feel bad for the coaches at times because just some of the stuff I'm seeing on the field. And another thing, you can't, as good as this Penn State defense is, and I still say this team is special. This is one of the best defenses I've ever seen at Penn State. They can't do everything, okay? The offense has to pull its weight, and it hasn't, okay? He gave up 17 points to Michigan. They've been putting up some points this season. They put up, what, 43 points against Michigan State, Austin? I mean, and Michigan State's a good yeah. team. They have a high, They did have a Heisman candidate on their team. I don't know if he still is, but the defense is stellar, but the offense has not pulled us weight. So for me, it's just a personnel issue, um, lack of execution, and that's it. I mean, that's that, that that's what I think, Austin. I to to blame the coaches to say Franklin needs to go. Like, do you to I have a question to you people out there who say Franklin sucks. He needs to go. He needs to go to USC. Do you not care anything about the future of this program? Like, because if Franklin leaves, who goes with him? Drew Aller, Nick Singleton, probably Saunders. All of those guys are probably going with him wherever he goes. Okay. It's James Franklin. Do you think he's not going to pull those guys to USC or LSU? Especially USC. You're going to LA. You're going to take that over. You're going to, you're going to take state college over that. If Franklin leaves, no, you're not going to do that. So just cool it down a little bit. That's, that's, that's about all I can say. It's, it's, it, it might be a rocky next couple of years, but we're getting there. Okay. I mean, we, we did just have the number one linebacker go top 15 in the draft. And he's a, he's a standout for the Cowboys. We have another future first round linebacker and Brandon Smith. You know, they were both number one linebackers in their class. They were both back-to-back number one linebackers. And look what happens. You know, you, you have these guys going into NFL, they're NFL caliber talent. So I think we all just need to take a step back, uh, you know, just cool down a little bit. It, it's one thing that I remind myself of, too, is the fact that this is the year after the COVID season. I mean, last year was a train wreck, okay, for every team in the country. It doesn't matter if you did good or bad. It was a train wreck of a season. You know, we almost didn't have a season. So, I mean, 
Look at Alabama. They have one loss. Okay. If they can lose a game after, you know, especially the whooping on Miami in the first game, I mean, it's every, every, every program is on a bit of a hangover too with, with the COVID season. So just, I know we want to make the playoff. I get it. I'm mad too, but I think everybody's, everybody just needs to cool it a little bit with the, with the going after the coaches and stuff like that. It's, it's frustrating. I know, but firing Franklin is not the answer. <laughs> that's all. That's really all I have to say. So Austin, you can, and I'm not talking to our listeners. I don't think any of our listeners are the ones saying this stuff. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this to you guys. I'm just, just some of the stuff I see on social media, man. It's just, it, I, I don't know what their thought process is. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of things on social media uh, this past week as well. Um, you know, a lot of things as far as, I, I think the funniest thing that I saw was somebody complaining about Yursich uh, and, and the offense. And they were saying, what happened to the vertical passing game? We're not throwing the ball down the field. Well, I think I think you're you're that individual is um, missing a pretty fundamental part of the vertical passing game. There's there's one there's one main component that you that is required to throw the ball deep down the field. That's time. You need time to throw the ball down the field. What doesn't Penn State have? time because there's no protection i'm pretty sure sean clifford was hit about 20 times in this game yeah, you, why do you want him throwing down the field he can't <laughs> yeah he can't throw down the field you know you, you got these you got these long developing routes to take you know i don't know four or five seconds and he's getting pummeled after three you know i mean again that that's not that's not even football that's just math you know um there's not enough time so Again, a lot of criticism falls back onto the offensive line and their performance. It was probably the worst of the season. Uh, it was not good. Hutchinson, unblockable. Uh, Ajagbe, um, also pretty much unblockable. Caden Wallace struggled. Rasheed Walker struggled. Um, you know, the only thing that I got out of this is I really don't think Rasheed Walker is going to the draft after the season. No, his, his draft stock. Dropped dramatically, and Aiden Hutchinson went from like a 10th overall pick to the second overall pick. Literally, he's he's second overall to the Houston Texans right now behind KV on Thibodeau. I think he's better than KV on Thibodeau, to be honest. I mean, he's goodness Bigger. gracious. I mean, I knew he was going to be a headache for Penn State, but he just had a great game, made our offensive line look silly. I mean, dude, he he was literally just like walking through. I mean, he I saw I saw him wrapped around Clifford like. How many times? I mean, every play he was wrapped around Clifford. I'm like, dude, you have to stop this man. You know, and and, and you know, here, here's the thing too. You, you again going back to whatever, trying to throw the ball down the field and all this kind of stuff. Usually, also keep in maybe maybe the back as well as an extra protector, so you have six hats to to block. I have never seen so many tailbacks completely miss the extra blitzer on defense and they just had free shots at, at Sean Clifford. I, I mean, they are not good. Um, now, now granted, I don't think, I think it was love it. I think it was Lee a lot. Noah Kane's a pretty good blocker. 
um, when, when he, when he, ha- when he, when he's in and he has to play, he's a pretty decent blocker, but, um, you know, so some of the, some of these, you know, some of the younger guys, uh, you know, Kevon Lee, uh, love it, uh, the, the missed assignments. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's frustrating. It, it, it's really frustrating. Again, we've been talking about it all season about the offensive line. When are they going to get it together? Uh, you know, this is just the proof's in the pudding. They're, they're not going to put it together this year. They're going to struggle for the rest of the year. They're probably going to struggle this week uh, against yeah. Rutgers. I, I, okay. I, I don't think it's going to be a large margin of victory against Rutgers. That's what I mean. You know, Rutgers played Michigan very tight. Uh, yeah. You know, so again, don't expect that to be pretty either. But as far as the coaching, uh, they do deserve criticism for for two two plays. Um, as far from a, from a play calling perspective, um, in in my opinion, so the first one would be the fake field goal from from the two yard line on the fourth fourth and goal from the two. Um, I disagreed with with that call. Uh, I think I, I had no problem going for it. Um, no issues going for the touchdown there. I think that that's fine. Uh, but do it with the offense. Don't do it with the special teams unit that, you know, they're not, they're not well practiced at throwing the football and handling the ball, you know, and these sorts of things. Um, and the other one was again, you know, the, the fourth and two to end the game where they just, they just run the, the fade go route and just toss it up. We, there's a slant open, you know, you could, you could throw the ball to the back. I mean, the, the, there's a number of, you could roll Sean out give him an option to run, the, you know, the, there's so many, so many opportunities that that you could have given yourself because you had time. I mean, you could have you could have run anything on fourth and two, but um, you know they decided to go with that one. I, I think that was the wrong call. Uh, I think that was a very low probability play, uh, at least for a completion. I guess maybe you could argue, well, maybe they get a pass interference or something like that. Don't. If, if I was a coach, which I'm not, um, I would not put – I would never put the game solely in the hands of the officials, especially this year because they have been bad every week. Not every just Penn game. State, every game in, 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 in pretty much every conference, the officiating has been very poor. So why would you ever lay lay your hope and your faith in the officials throwing a flag to extend a drive to extend a play on a fourth and two and, and all this kind of stuff? Uh, that's just that's that's not that's not intelligent uh, in any way, shape, or form. But those are really the only two criticisms I have. Uh, it's really just those. Uh, again, the 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 drop bug came up again at ill ill opportune times. Um, the running game was actually a little bit better. Um, you know, their their yardage wasn't super great. That's because uh, Clifford Clifford got sacked a bunch of times. So, you know, uh, the 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 yards per carry and things were was not super good. But um, you know, Kevin Lee, um, he ran the ball pretty effectively, fairly effectively. He went twenty for eighty eight, so four point four yards a carry. That might be the highest of the year um, as far as yardage, uh, or at least for a while. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the run game was a little bit better. 
it was not good by any means, but it was better than, than what it has been. Uh, Clifford's completion percentage, not, not stellar. Uh, again, there were a couple of drops, a couple of errant throws here and there. Um, that kind of, that kind of, um, you know, worked their way into the stat lines as well. Uh, but the biggest thing for, for Clifford in my estimation is he didn't turn the ball over again. It was, it was another, you know, another, another clean game as far as, as throwing the ball, uh, you know, efficiently and, and safely um, and not putting the ball in harm's way, uh, you know, in the, in that manner. But um, yeah, uh, offense just couldn't quite do enough. Uh, they, they moved the ball fairly decently. Um, uh, they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't get home. They couldn't get into the red zone. They couldn't get points. Uh, we had, you know, we had the, the, the botched, Fake field goal. We had a miss field goal again uh, from Stout, uh, and, and every every time there's a miss field goal, the, the, the camera always pans right to Franklin, and you always, you know, you always hear him hear him mouth some mouth some curse words, which is I- acceptable. I mean, I, I would be disgusted too. I'd probably say the same thing. Um, well, he's a senior. Because, and he's supposed to be making those kicks. You got to make the kicks. You got to make the kicks. You have to make the kicks. It wasn't it wasn't outlandishly long or any of these things. You know, it was like it was like a forty. I don't know, it's like a 43 yard attempt or something like, and, and Stout can kick the ball freaking 70 yards probably. Um, yep. So, you know, it, it's just one of those things, again, lack of execution. Um, those, those two, two miss misplay calls that I, I'm sure the coaches would love to have back as well. Um, and just some, you know, inconsistencies as far as folks catching the ball, people getting involved. Um, and that kind of stuff. But moving over to the defensive side of the ball, I think the defense played well again. If you really look at it, I know they gave up the two long drives that resulted in touchdowns. Um, credit where credit is due. McNamara on those two touchdown passes would that would those were those were beauties. Those those were great. They were against they were against Porter Jr. <laughs> I think both of them. And it's not like he was out of position. I mean, he was right there. Um, you know, getting the eyes back to the quarterback and to the football, um, they need to be a little bit quicker. But McNamara really, really threw some some dimes there. Um, but if you look at the the whole game, I mean, they 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 pretty much corralled the run game for the most part. They did a good job there. But the the biggest thing was they they gave up they gave up one play. They gave up one big play, that forty eight yarder to I believe the tight end. Yeah. Um, and if you if you saw it, there was a there was a collision with the cornerbacks because it was yep. basically a it's basically a pick play which, which they call rubs because picks are technically illegal. Um, but it's basically a double crossing route where they try to get the defenders to uh, basically go into each other, yeah, um, to take them out of the play and get and get a wide open shot. And that's what happened. And, you know, and that, they they broke one play. Scored that touchdown. The offense couldn't muster anything, um, you know, and, and we we lose the ball game 21-17. So, again, I, I can't criticize the defense that much. I, I thought they played well again. Uh, they gave up the one play, but, you know, you're holding – what was it? Michigan was ranked, like, what, sixth or whatever? So, uh, six, six or seven? Seven, I think. Seven, seven maybe. Uh, well, they're, you know. they're eight now somehow. 
it depends. I, th- I think some services still use the AP. Some use some use the the college football playoff. I'm, yeah, they were, they were seven, that's... yeah, but they're eight now. That's what I don't understand. That, that's yeah, I, I see eight as well. I'm I'm confused by that too, <laughs> but um, but yeah, you hold the number seven team, um, in the country to 21 points. That's that's good enough. Uh, the offense has to be able to score more than 21. You like know, I said, um, it's 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 the offense, man. It's and and, and like and, and like you say, you know, it, it is personnel, and it, it's it's frustrating because we, you know, and I understand fan frustrations here because we've been beating the same drum ever since James Franklin got here. The offensive line is just not sufficient. They're not adequate. They're not getting the job done. Um, and this is just another year, and. You know, they they were good recruits. I mean, we we have high four star guys playing on the line right now. And, and you know, I, I wish I had, you know, this this magical explanation as to why they, they can't get it done. I really do. But I, but I don't have that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of you know struggling to put it all together. I think the best I can offer is they're just small inside. They're they're, they're just not they're not powerful enough on the interior. And like we spoke about last week, they're taking steps to to correct that that concern. Um, and they, they need more athletic guys. They need more athletic linemen to, to be able to play tackle. The one thing that that's shown for me is I don't think Caden Wallace has the feet and the the agility and, and the, the short distance quickness to play tackle. Uh, there were a number of times, and I know he's going against Aiden Hutchinson, who's probably going to be number two overall. But I mean, he wasn't even close on some of those. Like he didn't even get in the way of some of those. Like he was so late, um, and it, that can't happen. That can't happen at this level. You're Division One. You play for Penn State. You play in the Big Ten. It, it, that's that's not good enough. So my, my expectation is maybe maybe move him to guard. I think he'd be better there. Um, and try to get try to get a little bit more athleticism out there on the perimeter, and they're addressing that too. They they have some good tackle prospects um, committed and 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 from previous classes that should be kind of getting close to being ready in in the in the next year. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on those things and see how they progress. But that's really the crux of of the issue uh, and of the offense. And. Unfortunately, it, it's the the same story that's that we've had since since Franklin got here. Yeah, for me, it's you know, at the beginning, I'm just I'm I'm just it's just kind of like you see it every week, you know, fire Franklin. Franklin needs to leave, and it's like that's not the answer. And we just gave you the answer: the offense needs to play better. The offensive line didn't play good. The defense can't carry the whole team. Yeah, there's of course there's some questionable questionable calls, but the coaching is not the issue. It's just the personnel, and you know at this point, I don't know what we're looking at bowl wise. I mean, if we beat Rutgers and lose to Michigan State, you know that's that's a seven and five season. That's like I don't know what we're looking at there, but that's not. It's not good. It's not a good bowl, but yeah, we're at the the what the the Hellman's the Mayo Bowl or something. Yeah, toilet bowl. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what my grandfather always says. They're gonna end up in the toilet bowl, but uh, yeah, it's 
Um, I mean, you know, even the Outback Bowl, that's like a three, four loss team. So we're, we're, we're going to be in like the New Mexico Bowl or something like that. We're going to be playing in New Mexico. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I don't know. It, it's at this point, you know, I, Austin and I don't take back what we said. This is a special team. I mean, it is. We, we face some adversity with Clifford getting hurt, but <clears throat> the offense just isn't getting it done. And I hope the right guys come back that need to come back. I hope Clifford comes back. He, at the very least, he's a veteran teacher and leader for Drew Aller. Um, but, you know, until we get this t- new talent in and get it established and get some better offensive line play, man, Dude, if the offensive line play doesn't improve over the next two years, we're not going to beat Ohio State. Michigan's going to give us a hard time. Michigan State's going to give us a hard time. And we're not going to make the playoffs. So those – I'm sure Franklin is fully aware of where we need to improve, and I'm sure he's working on it. At this point in the season, it's kind of like, you know, let's just try to win these last two games and – get to a decent bowl if they went out you know eight and four that's not too bad might be looking at an outback bowl but austin i just don't think they're going to beat michigan state after this last game i just i just don't see it you know here here's the thing again and i know folks maybe get tired of it but you really you really do have to focus on one and now you got to focus on beating Rutgers. then we can focus on michigan state uh, which i think like, like we've said, you have to go back and you have to look at the season, okay? And, and, and people actually use this and use this as criticism against James Franklin. And they, they bring out their charts and their graphs and Penn State's lost. The X, you know, they lost whatever, 20 games and 17 of them were by five points or less. Yeah. Think and they're using nine. that as a, you're using, you know, whatever. Whatever the numbers are, uh, a bu- a bunch of them. There's a big list of games, you know, since Franklin's been here that they've lost by, you know, five points or less. It's been the majority, which which, which I think is like a good thing. If we're going to be losing games, it's a good thing. That's what, that, that's that's what I'm saying. So, uh, again, I I pose the question to all that say that, and, and this is this is the question: Would you rather have you? Would you rather have had those losses? Where you got completely annihilated? Would you have rather lost by 30 every one of those? Or would you say, yeah, we've lost some games, but sure as shit, we've been in every one. These There's not this huge gap. These games are very competitive, and they're competitive against the best competition that the Big Ten has to offer. They're, they're, they're right there. They're on the cusp. And I know folks are getting impatient, but in, in so many things in life and with football as well, you have to remain patient. You can't lose your head. If you lose your head too early and too quickly and you start firing coaches, you could set yourself back for a decade. And I don't think anybody wants that. I sure as heck don't. The fact that The fact of the matter is this. With the talent influx that Penn State has been having, with what they're primed to have in this class that will sign this season, and the start they're having to the next cycle, my prediction is the following. Over the next four years, 
Penn State will sign and bring in top 12 classes in the next four years. And that is absolutely essential. And here's why. They've brought in top classes. They brought in the top five class in, in, in 2018 with Parsons and Shorter and Ricky Slade and, and these guys. But what they have yet to do is bring in consistent top classes in consecutive seasons, which means you have elite talent coming and filling out the depth chart, which means your starting tailback goes down. Guess what? The guy behind him is a, is a, is a, is a high four star or five star type guy as well. Yeah. Just that is, that's what you need. Jalen hurts and Tua took a Viola, you know, national championship against a very good Georgia team in 2018. I think, um, that Georgia team should have won, but Jalen Hurts get, gets pulled. They put in the backup. Guess where they're both at now? The NFL. That's what Penn State needs, and they don't have that. I mean, their backup quarterback just got bumped to third string. You know, Taquan is third string now, like Austin said before the show. So Penn State doesn't have that right now. And for them to like be doing as good as they are, with, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I think it's just a lack of depth and talent for them to be doing as well as they are. I think it's, I think that's a testament to the coaches. I'm not trying to get too off topic, Austin, but you know what I mean? Penn State doesn't have that. They don't have the depth and the offensive line isn't playing good. And that's it. That's the issue. That's where it is. And they need to, they need to do something about it. That's it. They don't, they don't have the talent depth across positions. So when you run into a problem like we have now with the offensive line, you, what you lack is exactly what you need to have to fix a problem like that, which is flexibility, which is flexibility of talent, meaning you have capable backups that are maybe young, but they might end up being better. And then you can swap those guys and, and try to fix the problem. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, Penn State is playing the guys that are the best. They, they're the best. They're the most consistent in practice. They're the best in practice. They have the most experience, yep. all these things. And a lot of the guys in that pipeline are, are young guys. I mean, the, the one thing I would try, and I brought this up last time and I'll, I'll say it again, is bumping Caden Wallace inside and seeing if Des Holmes can play tackle because he's played tackle before. And I thought... Um, for the most part, he was pretty effective there, and I think I think Wallace is 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 more suited for guard, and he's a big guy. So you're talking about in, an interior push and and some some you know some meat and potatoes in the inside of that line. He would provide that. That would be the one thing that I would say, unless Holmes is is dinged up or something. We don't we don't we don't know about it or something like that. Um, that's the one thing that maybe maybe they could try that they haven't. Um, but again, it. Again, I'm not at practice. I can't see what these guys are doing, um, you know. And maybe based on that, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to do that. So I, I trust the coaching staff. I trust James Franklin. Again, this is the this is really the first year, the first real year for I think John Scott, Troutwine, and for sure Yersich, obviously. You know, so. 
and Poindexter, the safeties coach. So again, they had a, they had a lot of turnover here. I think those are all they were all good pickups. Uh, you know, as far as you know, John Scott and I think Trout Wine and I think and I think Poindexter as well from from a recruiting perspective. All those guys, you know, they were very good recruiters. Uh, they're good developers of talent uh, based upon what I've seen. Um, and the thing you got to realize with Trout Wine is there's not that much data available. He's a young guy. He's a young guy, but um, obviously Boston College had a lot of good players already when he when he got promoted to, to offensive line coach there. But the difference is under Troutwine's tutelage, they got better. They got much better. And particularly, they got better at run blocking. So that would lead you to believe this guy knows how to coach and coach O-linemen, especially in, in run blocking. So, you know. Uh, you got to be a little bit more patient. Again, offensive line coaching is like, it's incredibly nuanced. It's incredibly detailed. It's incredibly fundamental based. And if the fundamentals are different than previous coaches, which they, they probably are, it takes a while to get the hang of that. And it gets, it, it takes a while to get rid of the previous muscle memory of repping previous fundamentals and techniques. So, you know, maybe that's part of it as well. But like you said, Mark, you know, you, you got to be a little bit more patient. You got to give these guys more time. I know that's not the answer people want because everybody wants gratification. Not now, not tomorrow. You wanted it yesterday. And unfortunately, that's not how football works. That's not how life usually works. You know, you have to keep, you got to keep your head on straight. You got to keep the perspective and you need to keep that patience. That's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. It, dude, Austin and I understand, you know, your frustration. We're frustrated too. I mean, it, we got dealt a bad hand with this scandal. And that's something we're going to kind of talk about today is, is the funding again, but we got dealt a bad hand with the scandal. You may forget, but we paid $60 million to the NCAA, which was total BS, but we paid it. That's something that still affects us to this day. That's something Dante said too in our interview. So there's that. And listen, everybody, like even with Joe Paterno, how many national championships did he win? Two. He had tons of close losses tons of heartbreaking losses tons and it's <clears throat> i i want to win right now too i want to go to the playoff but again it's it's going to take some patience it's going to take some time you know looking at the mock draft austin who has people going who has two people going in the nfl right now in the mock draft alabama Ohio State, Georgia, okay? Pretty consistently, those programs have two guys at least going in the top 32 of the draft, okay? Penn State has one, if we're lucky, okay? And Jahan Dawson is a freak. Um, <laughs> that's where we need to be. We're not there, okay? Franklin, and, and I, I did not see it at the time when he said it, but 
we're great, but we're not elite. And that's it. What that comes down to is recruiting. It comes down to depth. It comes down to consistent play. Penn State is not there yet. And we have to wait until they are. That's it. I mean, you know, you want to talk about exciting times. Like, we've harped on it. Number one QB, number one running back, number 13 receiver. Two of those guys are from the state of Ohio, so they're not at Ohio State, thank God. Okay? It's – Penn State's not there yet, and they – the defense is there. Penn State defense is a playoff-eligible defense. They are a playoff defense. They could get us to the playoff, but the offense isn't there. Okay? I hope Clifford comes back. I think he could get beat out by Aller. But at the very least, I want him there as a veteran leadership. Dude, someone said to me this week he's going to transfer. And I don't think they knew what they were talking about, but nothing against them. But I think they heard it from someone that he was going to transfer. I think he was actually a Michigan fan, said he heard that Clifford might transfer. I don't see that happening. But no, I don't either. But um, that, that wouldn't make any sense. Why, why would you go? Why would you go and transfer to learn a brand new system again? When, frankly, you're you're playing some of your best football of your career. Well, and you're at Penn State. Where else are you gonna go? <laughs> where are you gonna? Where is he gonna go? Like where he's gonna start right away? Penn State is he's he's already here. So, um, yeah. But it's. Clifford's a good quarterback. They're just not – he's just not getting time. I mean, that's – that's it. It, it. It's it's just – it's personnel. It's execution. They lack depth at important positions. You know, when we get to the point where Penn State has like two offensive linemen going top 32 in the draft, top two rounds in the draft, then we can be happy because it looks like the skill guy – the skill positions are always going to be there. Thankfully, hopefully, hopefully, I should say. Um, I mean, you have a guy like Drew Aller and Singleton. If you don't have a line, they may as well not even be here because you need you need to give those guys protection. And yeah, it's that, that's what it comes down to, Austin. And that's one thing that Joe Paterno always had. He always had a good offensive line. Really did not matter. When it was, they always had big, beefy, strong linemen that would push you off the ball. That That's where Penn State always won, was the line of scrimmage. And that's not the case right now. And I, I know coming out of shotgun doesn't help, but that's just the way football is today. I don't know of any offense, really, that lines up at center consistently. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... I just don't see that too much. So that's it. I mean, we we I don't know what else to say. It, it's it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. But I'm looking forward to next year. I'm looking forward to Aller and Singleton coming in. But we have this season to finish out. I we need we hope for the best bowl game possible. Beating Rutgers, beating Michigan State, maybe getting a decent bowl, but. You know, in reality, I'm not sure, Austin. I'm not sure. I, I just, I'm just kind of uh, to the point where it's just whatever happens, happens, man. I mean, I just don't know yeah. what's going to happen. 
Yeah, we're we're at that point. You know, uh, it it is what it is at this point. Obviously, um, there's not too too much we could really say uh, about it. We 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 know what the problems are, and, and they're not going to be able to be fixed this season. Um, but again, we have to look at everything in, pers- in in the proper perspective and and context. Um, I, I just while while you were you were going on your your monologue there, I look back in the 247 composite rankings. Uh, and we, we talked about Georgia. We talked about Ohio State. We talked about Alabama. Again, th- those programs that are consistently competing for, for national titles and getting into the playoff and, and these kinds of things. I had to go back. I'll let you guess. I had to go back to a, a specific year until, until one of those three teams was not ranked in the top 10 for recruiting. I'll, I'll have you try to guess the year. Or say that again. What? What? So we're looking at Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia because they consistently are getting into the playoff and competing. Right. I had I went all the way back to a year to where one of those teams did not land in the top ten for recruiting. Hmm. Wow. Well, let me think. I would say like 2011. Close. 2013, Georgia okay. was not Georgia was not in the top ten. Interesting. As a matter of fact, I believe in from 2013 until this year. So all even through the 2022 class, Ohio State has not finished lower than seventh. Alabama has not finished, I think, lower than three. So you're basically saying we're Georgia. We're going to get there eventually. Again, if you if you're given enough time, and and as we talked about uh, before, enough money, we can get there for sure. James Franklin can get this team there. Now, I, again, we go all the way back. So 2014 until now, all three of those teams have been in the top ten for recruiting classes. Okay, so that's 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 what that's um, including twenty twenty two. That is what the last seven eight years. Penn State has been the top ten in the recruiting rankings in that time span. Mm-hmm. One time. Yep. Twenty eighteen. Yep. Okay. Now. That was probably they, what Michael Parsons, right? Correct. Parsons, yep. shorter, um, Ricky Slade, uh, and those guys. <laughs> And and who lasted there? Michael Parsons. Yeah. <laughs> Shorter did not, and nope. and Slade did not. Again, it's not an exact science. Just because someone's a five star doesn't mean they're going to play that way. There, there's yeah. a whole lot of things that go into it. A lot of it's based on physicality and physical projection. Um, and there's there's more to football than just that. But based upon the numbers and where Penn State is, they will probably stay in the top ten this recruiting class, and they're off to a very good start in the next in the next cycle as well. That's what we need. We need at least three. We need at least three consecutive seasons, top 10 recruiting. If they do that, they're going to be there because that's what's going to close the talent gap. And that is what they need. They're already so close with the talent deficit. If they close that gap and they get more talented depth, they're going to be there, guys. They're going to, folks, they're going to be there. You have to trust us. You got to, you got to listen to us. You got to trust us. I know we don't want to talk. 
we don't want to talk about three, four years down the road, but they're so close, especially with the change that could come to the playoff and an expansion, and w- which is, I get rumored to be going to 12. Penn State is going to be in that mix every year. Without fail. Without fail. Again, so hang in there. I know it's frustrating. You got to hang in there a little bit longer. Dude, we've been waiting 10 years already. You know, it's it's literally 10 years now since that scandal happened. And yeah, it, it's do you do you th- are we going to finish number 1 recruiting? I like I I just don't think there's any way we won't. In 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 this this cycle. Yeah, 2022, yeah. 2022 will probably end up if I had to guess Probably, probably like seventh. Really? Okay. Probably like seventh. Uh, the, the the top end, the top end talent isn't quite there. Maybe six, maybe six, maybe six or five. Um, again, there, there's still a couple. There's probably going to be two more. Uh, maybe not two, but for sure, for sure, one more. Uh, maybe two though. Uh, re-ranks. Um, so again, some of those some of those three stars could get bumped to four stars, and that that changes the that changes the total scoring and the numbers and all and all that stuff. Um, it's a little bit a little bit complex, but uh, I do expect them at least one more time for for a re rank and an update of of the of those rankings and the stars and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see how it all shakes out, but they should be firmly in the top ten, um, you know, probably somewhere around seventh, which is which is good enough. That's good enough. Well, especially you know, when you're talking about the quarterback position um, and having a guy like that, um, you could end up, you could end up, I mean, 15th, but if you got that guy, uh, I might be able to get it done for you. So I, I, they're in a good, they're in a good spot. Yep. And you know, th- this is the start. Okay. Number one quarterback, number one running back. Okay. Yes. We, we don't know how they're going to be we are thinking very strongly that they're going to be good. We're hoping very strongly that they're going to be good. And that, that's how we should think about it. But just looking at that for what it is, number one running back, number one quarterback. Okay. This is the beginning. Okay. Like we've said before, this is the beginning of the, the, the side effects that come with that, the good side effects that come with that more number one quarterbacks in the class, more number one running backs, more linemen, more receivers, more weapons, more defensive guys, okay? It's not just offensive players that are going to follow number one quarterback. It's going to be number one defensive players, number one corners, number one linebackers. And, you know, we don't have to just get number one guys, but more talent follows talent, okay? There's a reason Alabama and Ohio State are so good. Everybody wants to go there. If I was a recruit, I would want to go there, Okay. You know, that's 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 just the way it is. The richer get richer. And I'm sorry, the rich get richer. And that, that's just that, that's just the way it is. It's until we get to that point, And I think this is the beginning. Then that's when we're going to start seeing the fruits of the labor. We're going to start seeing the success. You know, Austin made a great point with Georgia, you know, but in 2013, you know, the great Mark Richt, he was the coach at that time. And now it's Kirby Smart. And, you know, I'll, I'll say, I, honestly, Austin, I would take James Franklin over Kirby Smart in a big game in terms of just who I would trust a little more to B 
be more consistent in there. I Kirby Smart is a great coach. George is doing very good, but I, I would still take James Franklin. So if if a guy like Kirby Smart is doing that well in recruiting and he's doing and, he, and he's doing very well this year, obviously. James Franklin can do the same thing. So it's, yeah, it's, th- those are the places you want to look. You know, you're going to get knowledge on this podcast. That's where you want to look right there. Recruiting, consistency in recruiting, and then the money. Okay. I- Austin, I don't know what you follow to see the dollar, the dollars and everything and what, what, what's going on there. Uh, I mean, you can let the let the audience know, but that's that's where you want to look. You want to look at where the money's going, how much is how much we're bringing in, and the recruiting. That that's because everything else is in place. I mean, besides that, right now we're in a very good spot. I mean, it, just just like we've said, look at look at the performance on the field. Okay, the offensive line is not doing good. The running back is not doing good. Clifford's not getting time. The defense can't carry the team. Are you surprised we're not winning? <laughs> you shouldn't be, <laughs> you know, until we get to a point where we can do that stuff, you know, it's not going to change. So, yeah. Oh, and the other thing to keep in mind too, you know, I know when we pretty much talk exclusively Penn state here, but if you want to look at like teams that have what we're talking about, if folks want to be critical and if fans want to be critical, I mean, you look at programs like Tennessee, you look at programs like Texas, they fork out the money and they get top 10 recruiting classes and they still don't perform. Yep. So again, if we want to talk about, well, the criticism of, well, Franklin can recruit, but they can't develop and this and that. Look at these guys. I mean, they're bringing in the they're bringing in this great talent, and they're really not they're really doing nothing, yeah, with it. So, yeah. I you know again, sometimes you, you pull back a little bit from just just the Penn State exclusive lens. Look at the landscape of college football, and look at some of these other programs. I mean, you know, and that that's this is what you don't want. Okay, you don't want to be Texas. You don't want yeah. to be Texas, Tennessee yeah. because this is the thing. What happened to Texas is kind of it's kind of what happening what's happening to USC. They're always in this 2 to 3 year coaching carousel cycle. Okay? And yeah. you don't want to be in that. No, it it causes so many problems because then it starts holding you back from recruiting because you you're in this cycle. And everybody sees this cycle. Do you think a kid wants to come play for university, commit to a coach and a staff when the track record for the last six years was every three years they fire the coach, the staff is gone, and it's all new people? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, look at, you know, I think some people think, oh, he's standing on the sideline. We're going to win. Like, no, it's. There's so much that isn't that there's so much that entails with a head coach. I mean, look at Ed Orgeron, okay? The man just won a national title, okay? That's one of the best teams ever in the history of college football. Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the history of college football. They had multiple NFL guys on that team. They beat multiple NFL guys on the other team in Clemson. 
and he's about to get fired. Like, are you kidding me right now? I, I didn't, I would never, ever see that coming after that season. I mean, and I don't know why they're doing that. Uh, perhaps there's some off some field off the field stuff that we don't know about, but my goodness, man, like that's what you don't want to happen. Okay. So like I said, Franklin is the epitome of what you wanted to coach. He's been here. Like, like Dante said in our interview, he's been here for eight years. Okay. That's what you want. Okay. And, and Franklin's had one, lo- <laughs> one losing season. That's it. <laughs> you know, and, for, for, like what, and, and that was during COVID. Yeah, like, look at, like Austin just said, like, look at Texas, man. Look at USC. Like, Texas is a nightmare. So is USC. Texas will turn around. They have a good coach, but that's what you don't want to be. You don't want to be USC. You don't want to be Texas. You don't want to be LSU, okay? You know, you want to talk about big-time premier powerhouse programs. Those Those are... powerhouse programs right there okay no one's immune to it so that's where you don't want to be yes i it, it's kind of one of those things where you know we appreciate what we have so we want to win as much as we can like i think that's where a lot of people are coming from too like we have everything why aren't we winning i get that like i, I can understand what you're saying there but you know we're not there yet okay we're not we're not good enough that's that's it. But at least we're not one of these other programs. Okay. James Franklin, he, he's not going to sleep. You know, he's, I, I, I hope he stays, you know, I, I hope, I hope he doesn't leave. And I've, I've heard that um, his wife doesn't like it here from a couple different people and there's nothing wrong with that. We have nothing against that, but you know, so I've heard that from a couple people. Um, I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I, I hope that, you know, first and foremost, I hope she's, I hope she can at least go somewhere where she's, a li- where she likes it a little better, you know, maybe spend some time in Florida or whatever, because we want her to be happy, obviously, <laughs> you know, so I hope that, you know, she at least grows on the place. I'm not sure, but yeah, that's just, you want him to stay, you know, you want him to stay, you want everything to be go- be good in his personal life, you know, so it's, yeah, Austin, I'd. I think we've hit the nail on the head. <laughs> and, and that's that pretty much sums it up. I mean, and there's a lot of stipulations and but you know, the one thing yeah, I'll, it's just I'll not say, coaching, man. He has a life outside of coaching, okay? His yeah, there's there's his other family. things going, you have to remember a lot of people forget that you know these head coaches, um, you know, they're just they're just people. I mean, yeah, and, they make a lot of they make a lot of money, but guess what? They deal with a lot of the same, you know, relationship struggles or familial struggles or all these things. That the rest of us deal with and and you know in in um in his wife's defense uh you know this time of year it does get a little depressing here i mean yeah. you know it's it's getting dark it's but it seems like at 4 30 it's dark you know i i mean yeah it, there's there's all kinds of things that that's not super great i don't particularly like this time of year either no it's listen man like no one ever accused uh of, of this area of being, uh, you know, you know, too fun or there's too much to do here. Like, no, it, it's, I, I get it. Like that. I mean, Altoona is, there's so much to do there. There's so many restaurants, stuff to do. State college is not like that. I don't know why Austin, you might have an answer for that, but state college, 
it's there's just a bunch of empty buildings. I mean, State College is like kind of it's kind of depressing sometimes because like how they have this huge university and then for this town to like just be the way it is, man. It's just there's just not much there. So we're right like we get it. Like if you don't like it here, State College is not it, by any means the most appealing place to be a coach. It, it's there's not much here, you know, and I wish it wasn't much, that way, but I mean, we completely understand if she doesn't like it, like pretty much just the university, like dude, like there's, there's for, for one thing, there's no like real bodybuilding gyms, you know, that's one may seem like small to everyone else, but that that's just one aspect of like uh, a town or a city that has, you know, some options, you know, there's not any like real good bodybuilding gyms. There's not like, any real good steak places. There's not really like real upscale restaurants, you know, upscale hotels, you know, just stuff like that. Like state college oh. just doesn't have that. Well, the big, the biggest thing too, as far as what activities or nightlife or whatever you want to say, you know, extracurricular stuff, you know, I mean, what, what are you really going to do besides, you know, go to a bar and, and, and drink, which you know, here uh, is, is very, very fun. You know, if you want to have a good time, go to some bars. Yeah. State college is the place to be for, for sure. It's that's fun, but you're not, you're not, you're not I really don't do that. Bank. Yeah. Huh? I, I mean, yeah, well, yeah. And, and you won't break the bank either. Cause the no, drinking and, and all, like Austin and I don't really do that. So like we, we understand like we could, if we wanted to, but we don't want to, I mean, we're, we're too dedicated to our, to our, to our passions and we're too busy. I mean, we're working, but yeah, it, it's, that's one aspect of, of, uh, you know, Penn state is it's even if it was an Altoona, it would be better, you know, cause Altoona has so much, I mean, Altoona is massive, you know, it's, it's massive. There's so much there. There's so much to do. I mean, anytime like I'm like going on a date or something, I'm going to Altoona, you know what I mean? Why not? What, well, what am I going to do in state college? You know what I mean? There are so, better, there are better restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. Just like indoor golf simulator i've been there a million times like state college I, the one in penn state have, is um, horrible they have uh they have like i think state college doesn't have or really anywhere around here besides altoona there's no like hibachi place anymore i'm pretty nope. sure you, got, you have to go to altoona for well, you know well, fuji and jade guard is that shut down i don't think they do hibachi anymore like, I know they. I know they. Do, I know they do takeout. They used to do. They used to do hibachi. Used to be like way like back when back when we were in school and all that stuff. But um, but yeah, I think you have to go to Altoona now um for well, for hibachi and that kind of stuff. I heard State College is getting a Top Golf, and I honestly couldn't care less. I mean, Top Golf is amazing. Top Golf is awesome, but it's in State College, so I really don't care. At least but, it's something to do. Yeah, I mean, that would be awesome. Top golf is awesome, but it's in state college. So it's like, dude, state college needs like any Buffalo Wild Wings. They need, they need Sonic, you know, they need Dave and Buster's. Buster's like, like, why are they not in state college? Like, <laughs> Dave and Buster's, okay. That would, that would thrive. Buffalo Wild Wings would thrive. You know, it, I don't know, man. I know they were supposed to get a uh, Buffalo Wild Wings years ago. Never came through. They're supposed to get a green turtle that never came through. 
I think they were they were supposed to get top golf at one point and it didn't work out. They were supposed to get, I think, even Dave and Buster's. I think they were supposed to they I think they were supposed to get another place that was kind of like Dave and Buster's, but I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I mean, and then you see them put an Aldi in and it's like, that's a nice place, you know. That's nice in the state college has an Aldi, you know. Good news. But like, where's everything else, you know? So it like, dude, for me, it, it's every aspect of it can't be frustrating. Like just being in state college, it's like, dude, there's nothing here, man. You know, like why would why, you know, what what's appealing to coaching or players if there's nothing here you know what i mean i'm not trying to go off on a tangent but you know what i'm saying like austin you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah outside of football season the um the allure and the activities available to you are uh somewhat sparse i can definitely see i could definitely see myself in the future having you know maybe maybe two homes um you know one one here uh, for football season, and if I'm if I'm so fortunate to be in a position to uh, the flexibility work wise, uh, maybe have one you know down down south where it is a little bit warmer. Yeah, uh, you know maybe 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 on a beach somewhere or something like that. Uh, that 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 would be nice. But um, but yeah, Tampa. we don't want to go. Yeah, t- Tampa's nice. That's, that's where I'm you, going. Pretty much fly direct there. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, that's uh, we don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> not about us and our, our future plans and aspirations but but yeah no you're, you're definitely you definitely make a good point as far as out of season um you know activities and things it's not yeah not super lively yeah that's that's an aspect of you know that that is an aspect of being here it's it's not the most appealing place and we just hope that which i don't think franklin himself ever wants to leave but you know, like we said, there, there's more aspects to that, and all the other coaches too. I mean, Yursich, he's been at Texas, he's been at Ohio State, he's been at Oklahoma State. You ever think he's been in a place like State College? Probably not. You know, well, when he was at Shippensburg. I mean, even even Columbus. You know, people always like crapping on Ohio. I love Ohio. I love Columbus. Columbus is. I love Columbus. It's it's a city. You know. yeah it's it's different than state college you know that's just state college is just almost like at times it's just like a wasteland man you know what i thought was you know what i thought was a really a really nice city Uh, i thought i thought uh indianapolis was a nice city when i went there for the big 10 title game yeah i thought indianapolis was pretty nice well dude look at you know look at indiana university they're in indiana bloomington you know they're not a good program, but pretty, you know, even a place like Iowa, it's you know, I'm Michigan. There, there's more stuff to do in places like that than there is in State College. But State College is this is home to this powerhouse program. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just like, man, I don't know, man. But it's uh, yeah, but. We we kind of to got say, off topic, or I got off topic, but safe, safe to say we we digress. Uh, yes, kind of, you know, wrap wrapped up kind of our, the Michigan analysis there. Uh, we went on a little bit of a a tan, tangent there as well, which is which is okay. I'm sure some of y'all will enjoy that, and some people. We're a little. We're, I'm a little frustrated. Well, and I I am too, but uh, you know I think 
at this point, we should probably transition, uh, move on a little bit of a look ahead to the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Yep. And give our, our, our spiel there. Um, you know, uh, in years past, I would probably say easy Penn State win. Um, I'm not going to say that this year. Uh, Rutgers is, is a pretty, pretty decent team. They're pretty talented. They played Michigan very tough. Um, and the matchup concern is especially the interior of their D line against the interior of our offensive line. They have a, they have a pretty talented nose tackle um, who made some plays against Michigan as well. And Michigan's O line is, is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to be, to be kind of looked at there uh, as far as, uh, as far as matchups are concerned uh, when it comes to the Mich- or the Rutgers offense versus the Penn state defense, uh, again, as in most games, I'd say advantage to the Penn State defense. I think they'll control the line of scrimmage. I think they'll pressure well. I think they'll be able to contain the Rutgers rushing attack and all of those things. So I think I think those will be important as well. I don't. I see Rutgers struggling to move the ball against the defense. Um, I really do, unless unless the offense gives away you know great field position or you know crappy turnovers or whatever. Um, I don't think Rutgers is going to be able to to score that many points. Um, and I do think that Rutgers will struggle to defend the passing attack that Penn State has. I think Penn State will be able to throw the ball pretty well. Um, I would like to see it yet again more wide zone runs. The, the Penn State will still have the speed advantage. They will still have the talent advantage. All of those things from years past uh, hold true again this season. They are, they are more talented um, than Rutgers by a pretty wide margin. So I, I do expect that to shine through in the end. Uh, I'll, I'm going to go a score prediction as far as that's concerned. I'm going to say I'm going to say 28 to 13 Penn State uh, in this one over Rutgers. Yeah, Austin. Um, yeah, everything you just said about Rutgers uh, and Penn State, it's. For me, it's one of those matchups where just the way they've been playing recently, I don't trust our offensive line against any defensive line. Okay, I don't trust them against Rutgers' second-team defensive line. Um, I know that's an awfully pessimistic way to look at it, but that's just where I'm at right now. Uh, I, I, th- that's what it's going to come down to. The defense is, once again, the defense is going to do, going to do well. <laughs> they're not giving up many points to Rutgers, so it comes down to the defense. And yeah, the 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 place to look is the is the line, offensive line for Penn State, defensive line for Rutgers. They did well against Michigan. Um, I will say this: my one of my favorite memories of college was, well, this is after I graduated, but I was there. It's my birthday weekend, first stripe out against Rutgers. Uh, a Rutgers fan almost fought me in. Uh, what was that? What was that uh, pizza place across from uh, Shandy Gaff in the basement? What was that? Was, Bells? Is it Bells was Pizza? It? Bells? Was it Bells? I think it might have been Bells. Yeah, yeah. I, I like walked up. I walked by him after I got my food. I was like, hey, man, good game. And I was being serious. I was like, good game, man. Like, and he was like, he was like, F you. Like, you know, don't, don't, don't say that to me. And I'm just like, all right, man, my bad. He, he was pretty upset that they lost, but. Yeah, that, that was one of my better memories was uh, the stripe out game against Rutgers. It was my birthday weekend. Uh, but Austin, I think it's going to be closer than that. I think it's going to be like 
21-17, I think it's going to be close, unfortunately. I, I just don't see the offense improving that much. I, I, I would love for them to blow them out, but I just I think it's going to be closer. I'll say like 24-17, and I, I think Austin is being very generous by giving Penn State 28 points, 28-13. Um, so thank you for that, Austin. Um, yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm kind of banking on yeah. the, the overall talent gap and the overall athleticism advantage to shine through with a couple of big plays and a couple of big play scores. Uh, so that's kind of that's that's what I'm banking on here. I think they're looking at like two touchdowns, a few field goals. I think that's what they're looking at. But uh, granted, that's stout his field goals uh, and they don't run any more unnecessary fakes after they've already run a fake. Uh, but yeah, so. That, that's my score prediction. Uh, it's it, it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be – I think it's going to be close. I'm not sure. Let me look at the spread here real quick. I'm sure it's inflated. Uh, yeah, it's – you know, you got to give Rutgers credit. I have They haven't beat us yet, right, Austin? I want to say that they won a single game. I want to say it was like 1988 or something. 1988, really? Penn State is minus 17, uh, so take the plus 17 on that game for sure. I'll say that. <laughs> minus 17. Goodness. Good Lord, Vegas. Come on now. Uh, yeah, so minus 17 is a spread, so I'd take the plus 17 on that for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'll say around... 24-17, 23-17, I think is the score is my prediction. Uh, but yeah, it, like we said, you know, watch the lines. That's going to be the the key to the game. The run game probably isn't going to do much. Uh, passing game, I just hope that they give Clifford time and you know he hits his weapons. That's that's it. That's <laughs> I don't think there's much more you can say about that game, Austin. No, that, that, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, again, I think this game's going to be pretty straightforward. There's nothing Rutgers does particularly well on offense. Um, they do a pretty good job of stopping the run on defense. The secondary, I don't think, is nearly nearly talented enough to run with our receivers, so that's kind of why I'm building in a little bit more of a, of a cushioned lead or, uh, and a final score and all that kind of stuff. I do have the numbers here. So Penn State is 24-1 and all-time against the Scarlet Knights. Okay. Um, and... I, what I meant is since they beat what joined the Big Ten, they haven't beat us, and that oh no, they have not. No, yeah, yeah, no, no. Right. The, the only they, they only won one game, and that was in uh, 1988. Okay, so it's been it's been a minute. Joe must have missed that game. <laughs> yeah, some so I don't know I don't know what happened there. Something <laughs> some, something went well. I think it, I think it was against Rutgers and like. I think it was like in the ni- mid '90s, they were up big. Uh, I think it was against Rutgers. They were up big. Joe pulled the starters, and then and then they came back, and Penn State ended up winning by like two points. <laughs> I think that was Austin. I don't know if you can remember, but that was uh, that, that that was one of the. I think it was against Rutgers where that happened. Joe had to put his starters back in. <laughs> Joe pulled him too quick, which it he didn't pull him too quick, but in that particular situation he did because he ended up coming back. But 
there's uh, a wacky score. And uh, maybe the guy you're score. talking about that. Maybe that's the one. Maybe this is the game you're talking about. I don't. I don't know because the, the final score that Penn State didn't have a lot of points. That's a weird one though. Fifteen to twelve in 1984. That's yeah. a that's a wonky score. Yeah, I don't think it was. Yeah, I think it was like the mid 90s. I think it was like 93 or something. It was one of the years where Penn State wasn't that good, you know. But they were, they, you know, they were good, but they weren't that good. They, you know, it's not like the 94, 99 team or 97 team. Um, but yeah, that's a bit, bit of history there. But yeah, it, it'll be, it, you know, one of those games, you know, you just got to have a few brewskis, you know, kick back and watch what happens. That's, I mean, at this point, we have nothing to lose. You know, we're going to a bowl, you know, from here, it's good or bad. It could be really bad. It could be decent, you know, so. The name of the game now is just win. Yep. Win the last, and, win the last two. And, so, and we want and them. Go. Yeah, we want them to get to a good bowl. Okay. At this point, it's no better than a four-loss four, four loss bowl. So, as best as we can do because, again, it's it's recruiting. It comes down to recruiting. You know, you, I, I hope Drew Aller and Nick Singleton are uh, licking their chops, wanting to get here and get some Ws for Penn State. Um, at this point, they should be eager to – come here and turn it around for sure. So yeah, it's just got to remain optimistic. That's really what it comes down to. And just make sure you're putting your, if you have any negative energy, put it towards the right thing, not towards uh, the wrong thing. So more, more to come, but I do think, I do think Penn state gets it done against Rutgers. You have our score predictions. So uh, do, do with those what you will. And uh, I think we covered everything that we want to talk about, Mark. Yeah, awesome. We'll uh, we'll take a little break. We'll do yes or no. So we'll re- we'll be right back for that. Uh, we'll knock that out, and then uh, you know that'll be the end of the show. So we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Greg Garrity, uh, former Penn State receiver and 2016 Big Ten champion. You're listening to the best uh, Penn State Nittany Lion podcast, the Mark Lesko podcast. You're listening to the Mark Lesko Podcast. Mark covers it all, sports, fitness, and has interviews with interesting guests. Every week, Mark is joined by Austin Staggs, as well as Mike Kresovich to cover Penn State football and the NFL. Stay tuned every week for more in-depth content. Thank you for listening to the Mark Lesko Podcast. Now, back to the show. folks we are back we're gonna do yes or no just like we did in a previous time i will be doing the questions mark will be giving his answers so first things first question number one mark yes or no a penn state running back will eclipse 100 yards finally against Rutgers. that's a good one um 
No, I'm going to say no. I just I don't think they will. I think you might disagree with me, but no, I'm going to say no. They haven't I, done I, it yet. I, and yeah, I actually I actually agree. Uh, I think I think uh, the, the Rutgers defensive line is actually pretty stout against the run. I think they're going to I think they're going to struggle again. Um, Dude, there's no reason for us to be optimistic about the run game. It, it, at this point, it's pretty it's pretty clear that the blocking is, is at least for this season is pretty much unfixable. I mean, dude, John Lovett, man, as talented as he is, he just hasn't done anything, and it's not his fault. He just <laughs> it's a shame, man. It, it was kind of a waste of talent there. <laughs> I I love that guy, but There's yeah, no holes. There's nothing. No. And it, it, when he catches the ball, he has nowhere to go. That you know, too. I mean, he is a talented player, man. Yeah. All right. Next question. Question number two. Yes or no? Jahan Dotson eclipses 150 yards receiving. Against Rutgers? Against Rutgers. As as long as they protect Clifford, absolutely. I think he could have more than that. Yeah. Because who's going to cover Jahan Dotson for the for Rutgers? You know? Maybe two people. Yeah. I mean, they could have three people on him probably, and they would, he would still do well. The big but, thing yeah, for Rutgers, yeah. and, and, and why I bring that up, and I, I like that answer, is because they play a lot of man. They play a lot of man coverage, man-to-man. And, and it, you know, again, you look at the talent differential and you look at, you know, how good a guy like Dotson is. Man, I just – I don't think Rutgers has the horses to play man-to-man. Uh, and if, you, if you're going to double him – I think Parker Washington's going to make you look silly, and you know, yep. even even if the receivers are whatever, not having a super great game, or they're not as crisp on routes or things, I think the tight ends can eat over the middle. I really do. I think they can really burn them through the air uh, in, in a multitude of ways. So I think I think that's where they need to attack. Yep. I, I mean, that's the thing about Penn State. They have weapons. They have <laughs> they have weapons. But yeah, I just. I agree. I think if they double team him, even then, I think he can still eclipse 150, but they have so many other weapons that they just need to Clifford just needs time. I mean, Clifford, like I said, Clifford's a good quarterback. He just needs time. So. Okay. Last. Just breaking up there a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah. So last last question. Yep. Last question could be a little bit challenging for you. Penn State will record at least four sacks on defense. Hmm. How many did they have against Michigan? I think they had three. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, the defense is underappreciated. Uh, yeah, they. I think they will. Yes, um, that's the thing. The defense is they. They are. They're so good. So yeah, I. I think those sacks. You know, probably going to come from like Ebikidi and the linebackers. Like Brandon Smith's going to get in there. Uh, Lucetta. So yeah, I think they could have four sacks. I, that's the thing. The defense is going to do their part. So yes, I, I at least four. Yeah, I think they're going to have some turnovers too. Yeah, I mean, and, and that spell that that bodes well for for Penn State. That bodes well for the offense as well if they can get some short fields off of turnovers and those things. 
Um, and I, I do believe uh, this past week against Michigan, I do believe Eba Katie recorded two sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, yep. he had another, he had another good game. So uh, I'm inclined to agree. I think they eclipsed four sacks as a unit, uh, especially with Luketa playing, uh, playing pretty good. Hopefully another, another week has him back uh, even, even closer to hundred percent. So, you know, I think they're looking pretty good there. Um, and I, I agree. I think they, I think they get at least four as a unit. Yep. But like we said, the defense is, they are uh, very good. Offense is just where they need work. And that's, so all it comes down to, man, you know, yep. so, yep. All right, folks, that was the end of yes or no. Stay tuned. Mark's going to do his betting picks and all of those things uh, in the next segment. But again, as always, we want to thank you, the listeners for tuning in and listen to us talk. Also, don't forget to check out the podcast uh, episode that we did with Dante Brown. That was really fun. I hope to have him again. Um, thanks for listening to both myself and Mark uh, do our monologues and our, our rants and our tangents and all those things. We really appreciate it. Again, if you have questions, please reach out to us on Twitter. Drop us those questions at Mark Lesko pod. Um, and again, just thanks for tuning in. Uh, I, I appreciate it. And, and I really love doing this for you guys. And thank you again, Mark, for having me on. Yeah, Austin, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, this show is growing it's seen it's it's seen success and it will continue to see success uh just a couple things that i want to uh announce to you guys a uh, couple ideas that i have for uh the mark lesko pod going forward uh i'm going to be getting some different types of interviews um you know we have dante uh i'll be posting that tonight uh i have an interview with uh tyler smith uh former penn state basketball player he was on the best basketball team of Penn state ever. Uh, they upset number two, North, the two seed North Carolina had the likes of, uh, Julius peppers on the team, uh, head coach Dean Smith there for North Carolina at the time. They were the farthest team to ever make it in, uh, Penn state history. I think they made it to the elite eight. I'll be having him on. Uh, and, uh, I'm currently reading his book, uh, called for traveling, uh, great book so far. Uh, he, he's, you know, one of the people that I'll be, uh, doing an interview with and just talking about his experience, Penn state and his life. And just a great guy, uh, plan on planning on doing some, uh, interviews with, uh, different people in the fitness industry, uh, a couple, uh, girls I'm trying to line up from uh, Penn state that are uh, a part of the fitness industry. Uh, Austin and I, at some point, um, are going to try to do a fitness related show. Um, him and I both have tons of knowledge, uh, in relation to fitness. We could talk about that for weeks on end. Austin definitely on more of the, well, Austin knows his training too, but, uh, he's more on the, uh, nutrition side than I am. Uh, he studied nutrition at Penn state. Uh, so he really knows the stuff there. So we bring a unique perspective there as well as, uh, my website. I'm going to start writing articles, um, on there related to fitness, related to sports. I would like to get Austin in on that too, uh, at some point. And, um, I'm trying to find, um, a co-host for a sports talk show, uh, currently where we just pretty much talk about sports, probably mainly football, but we're going to talk a bit about the entire sports world, golf, basketball, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, so a couple exciting things coming, uh, coming up the pike for, for the Mark Lesko pod. And, uh, you know, so I just want to let you guys know about that. And if I do have any articles posted, you know, we'll certainly let you guys know about that and, 
like Austin said, uh, you have any questions or topics you want us to cover, you know, tweet us at uh, Mark Lesko Pod on uh, Twitter, and we'll be glad to cover them. Uh, that's something I need to be more active on right now, Austin. Uh, but besides that, uh, like Austin said, thank you guys for listening. Uh, the podcast continues to grow and we really thank you guys for listening in. I mean, we, I love doing this and I love the fact that you guys are listening and that you're, uh, enjoying it. Uh, like I said, we're international, we have a female demographic and it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. So thanks again for listening in. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for, uh, thank you for listening as always. Take care folks. Oh, 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 oh,